welcome to the Falcon Cast. This week, we're talking to three Fitchburg State athletes to hear their experience on how they became Falcons. We have Matt Aire from the football team, Julia Gavin from the softball team, and Cole Archambault from the hockey team. Well, you know, I think the school is very stoked that all of you guys made it here and you're all from very different backgrounds, which is super cool. Um, one thing for me growing up playing sports is my relationship with my sport has changed drastically over, you know, the course of what is it now? 24 years. I mean, growing up playing, I was, I was, you know, I, I showed up to play hockey and it was just uh, like trial and error. Right. And then ultimately you thought you were good at it. And you kept playing and then you were chasing a dream of going to like the NHL. Um, and ultimately, you know, you don't make that dream and you end up here at Division Three Sports. So how has your guys' relationship with your sport changed over time? Uh, man, uh, obviously the game of football, I live it. I love it, man. I live it every day. And it's tough waking up seven o'clock, five o'clock in the morning every day, Monday through Friday. Without a doubt, knowing that you have to go back just to get some work in, just so you could be better. I mean, obviously knowing that our record doesn't show it, especially winning one out of 20 games since I've been here. Uh, and it's it's tough. It's tough when everyone's like, hey, you guys are not good, man. Like, sorry to cut it to you. Like, you guys are just really bad. And it's tough coming from Texas. And, I mean, just – being able to see the different personalities that football brings to the table because coming from Texas, everyone is without a doubt live, breathe, die football. Now being in Massachusetts, I see it a little differently because other people play with different personalities, different egos and other emotions. And I'm grateful for it, man. I, I, I really think that football is just – Another way, I mean, even with other sports, just another way of life, and it just shows us how much it's related to life, if I'm being honest. It's very true. You know, I know I know our football team hasn't done well historically, but, you know, the guys that stick with it and continue to show up for that team, it really kind of shows their, their love for the sport and their dedication to, like, growing as athletes and people in general. Now, Cole, I know as a hockey player myself that the journey to actually get to college sports is quite a long one and can take you, you know, to different places. You meet a lot of different people. Um, what has changed from the moment that you stepped on the ice as a kid to juniors and all the way through to now playing, you know, college sports for your second year? I would just say that it's a grind. I mean, any sport you can say that for, but I mean, with hockey, it's it's kind of insane. Like, I, I don't know the exact number, but I'd probably say 80% of college hockey players play juniors, which is one to two years out of high school to develop more just to get to a D3 school, um, which is tough. I mean, you get kids who are good out of high school and then they go to a junior league and they don't do well and then they don't go to college. So it's like you have to be good at every step just to make it here. Um, so that's what I think I've gained out of this is it's it's a grind. And I correct me if I'm wrong, I, I met you 
like probably four years ago in Bismarck, North Dakota at a, at a camp. Yeah, you did. We were both chasing that dream of playing in the North American Hockey League. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you just go to a lot of places and you meet a lot of people and it's, it's a grind, you know. You just got to perform at every, every level you're at and it, it can be wear, wear away at you sometimes, but, you know, just stick with it. But it's something that, I mean, gives me a lot more respect for like the higher levels of hockey and any sport for that for that matter. So, and Julia, I uh, you know, give us a little detail into your journey. So yeah, um, it always started with a little league, your t-ball, coach pitch, all that type of thing when you're young. And then for my town, we did. I think it went moved into little league, and then my high school is actually seven through twelve. So once you went into high school, you ha- you went up to JV, but then once you're an eighth grader, you always have the opportunity of making varsity if you prove yourself then that type of thing. So my eighth grade year of high school, I actually did end up making varsity, and I played third base all season. I loved it. It was great. Um, I kind of like proved myself because coming in as a little eighth grader, people are like, I'm playing with girls who are probably four or five years older than me. So I was definitely intimidated, but they, they were always supportive. So I had a really good high school um, time with softball and I had the same coach and then COVID hit. So I didn't get my senior year, which was, it happens. So then coming into college, I was kind of like, oh crap, like, like, yeah, I've been playing in varsity for five, four and a half years, but I'm from a small town. There's 52 kids in my graduating class. Like, did I really see enough competition to go into the college level? So then my junior year of high school, I reached out because we, I guess it's kind of the same thing, aspect of juniors, but it's just travel ball. So you play every weekend in the summer. I used to go to tournaments down in Connecticut, and I had to try out for that team. It was up in Sunderland, Mass., like the Greenfield area. And I came, and I tried out. And afterwards, the coach was like, when you told me you were from Granby, like, I didn't expect much. And I was like, well, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. So then I started playing with them. I excelled really well. I was their shortstop for, like, all the games. So then that was a good experience because it moved me from third to short to get more involved. Um, Then I got, like, my first career home run. So I started, was like, okay, like, I'm not bad. Like, I think I could try and play in college. I was like, I'm like not D1. I was like, I really don't think D2. Like, I think I'm, I'll be safe with D3. So then from there is when I started contacting coaches. I started just getting like my name out there. Like I went through um, NCSA. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like a recruiting website. I sent them, I sent them a bunch of my videos and then they put together this whole thing. And that's how I sent it out to coaches. But yeah, that's pretty much how I got here. So I've been playing my whole life um, for most of my high school career year round. So it's kind of been live softball forever. And what was your what was your goal when you first started playing? Like, did you want to play like for Team USA or like a like a specific school when you were a kid? Not necessarily. I kind of just always wanted to be able to play. I never had, like, that huge, like, I want to go Team USA. I think that's amazing. If I had the opportunity, I would love it. But it was just kind of my mindset just to, if I can keep playing, I still want to play for as long as I possibly can. And do you see yourself playing, like, softball after college? Like, do you see yourself joining, like, rec leagues? Yeah, for sure. I think I'll do um, some slow pitch and stuff. I actually 
with my bass this summer, they invited me to play on their slow pitch team, so I did that sometimes. So maybe that will be my after college with my team on my bass. But yeah. Hmm. Um, my hockey career has recently come to an end, and I immediately jumped into men's league, uh, which is kind of like my change in my relationship with my sport is I wanted to play in the NHL one day. And, and ultimately there was a point in time where, you know, I, I realized I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna make that league. You know, I wasn't going to achieve my dream. Um, I was, uh, sitting in a billet house, <laughs> just a random family that, you know, took me in and I got cut from the team. And that was kind of the moment where I just had to sit there and really think like, damn dude, it's over. But ultimately it wasn't. You got to keep playing and you got to go play college. So Cole, I know that we had probably a similar kind of experience with that. Um, do you remember when you kind of realized? Yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, was trying out, not really even trying out, uh, a team in the Ontario junior hockey league, junior a up in Canada, uh, invited me to their pre-draft kind of showcase thing. And so I went, I wasn't really expecting much, and I made their main camp, um, which was more refined. There was probably like 50 kids there. It was only two teams worth. Um, and from there, I made um, their preseason roster. So I suited up for them for the first two games, um, not really expecting much. You know, I obviously was a kid, didn't see myself as good as these kids that were out there. There was like a bunch of division one commitments we were playing against and kids that were playing major junior. And like, it was, it was crazy. Just a little kid from Massachusetts going up there and playing. So I was really excited. I had high hopes for that. Um, and then, uh, one day the coach brought me into his office. Um, probably like the week before everyone like moved in and the team was set. And he said, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to release you. Um, we think this kid who was, I think that kid was 16 at the time. He uh, took my spot. So that was pretty deflating. But came back to uh, the States and found a team, the New Hampshire Avalanche up in New Hampshire. And that's kind of when my dream ended um, of playing Division I. Uh, so just kept my nose to the grindstone and ended up here. So why did you keep going, even though you you knew you weren't going to achieve your dream? Um, you know, just kind of a pride thing. We've been at this so long, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, you know, we all love love our game. There's no point to stopping it. Even when I'm done here, I'm going to be playing in men's league. So, you know, why not play in college or give it a shot? Right. Now, Texas is probably the most competitive place for football. And, you know, I... I would assume that, you know, everyone talks about Division One commitments and, you know, who's a five-star, four-star recruit. What was your experience or what were your expectations, right? Like, how have those changed from, you know, playing Pop Warner and then into high school and, like, like because it's very dramatic, right? Like, you're you're chasing a, a super, super, super high expectation. Like, we all are, but I, you know, I, I related to, you know, I kind of look back at it and I think that I was kind of delusional almost in a in a comical way. But, you know, it isn't because there's a lot of us that, you know, really, really seek that dream. So when did you realize you weren't going to, you weren't going to make it, man? I'm going to be honest. I still live the dream. <laughs> and rightfully so. You yeah, should. Dude. Yeah. So, so I'm going to be honest. I'm just going to start with how it started. So like you really basically called my whole life out, man. Like 
Pop Warner. I, re- I played that when I was, what, seven? It started when my first coach really, so we were doing like this little tackling drill, and I was just going so soft. It was just so funny. And this coach got so mad at me, just yelled, bitched at my face, and was like, I don't know, it got me to tears, and then we did it again, and I did the best tackle I've ever done in my life. So that's when my dream kind of really started. Coming out of high school, obviously, coming from Texas, you want to be D1. So I obviously had my hopes. Texas A&M, God forbid, I wish still, but we know it's not going to happen. But coming here now, it's been a different journey, really. And I want to say when it, I don't want to, it dead, it's never going to die out. I really think that, but... Obviously, like Ho said, uh, I'm I'm still going to be playing this game even after this. But after last year, man, uh, it's just been it's been difficult, especially just waking up every day to come back just to get better. Because you know you have to, you have to, like, you can't stop, you can't just let anybody outwork you. Because at the end of the day, when that clock hits zero and you're not on top, it's just it's a different ball game. Amen, dude. All right, so we have one last question. This is the fun question. Um, what is one thing that you've learned that has not been in the classroom? So this could be, you know, don't fall asleep with your shoes on or the best times to go to DACA or maybe like a service that like really kind of helped you that you want maybe freshmen to kind of know. Um, for instance, me, there is a tab for, or there's a, what is it? It's a downloadable app that you can connect to a school desktop through your Apple laptop from off campus, which makes it crazy easy to use the, uh, like the science software and the biology software. Uh, whereas that wouldn't run on Apple. So that would be the one thing that I would say. So do you have one? One thing I would say, I hope people find they're willing to put themselves out there is the counseling service. I'll, I'll second you on the counseling service. I also go there and they're, yeah. they're great people. Yeah, so they are great. definitely use the counseling service uh, yeah. here at Fitchburg State. They're awesome people. Cole? Don't fall asleep with your shoes on. Um, that's, <laughs> that's it, man. No, uh, I'd say time management. Um, that's a big thing, especially your exercise science major and even business. Like with sports, like you got to manage your time because tests, like you'll have a test that – 9.30 in the morning and then a lab till 3 and then you have to play a game like that day and it's it's a lot so you just got to make sure you prioritize your work and make sure you don't go into anything not knowing anything um, yeah so it's time management and don't be afraid of the tutoring center definitely have used that a couple times um, some people there's a bad stigma around it or whatnot because you might look like an idiot but you're not an idiot you just you're busy you need extra help so that's what I would say. Julia, what's one thing that you've learned outside the classroom? I definitely agree with both of them. Time management is a huge thing that I've learned just doing school, softball, the Air Force. It's just been so much. Um, I would say one thing that I've learned with, like, the mental side of things is, like, you can have so much going on in your plate, and there's, like, you always have someone there for you. Like, I just, I've learned that, like, all my college friends or anyone, like, if you go to the counseling services or maybe even someone at the tutor center will talk to you. It's just like you're not alone and there's always someone there that 
will listen to you, will talk to you, and you just have to, like, don't be afraid to talk to people because I think there's always someone there that you can talk to. Thank you to Matt, Julia, and Cole for showing up on the show this week. See you guys next time. Okay, okay. So, hello. This is Carla Fitzgerald State University, Class 2023, and you're listening to Perseverantia, the Fitzgerald State Podcast Network. 